WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Berrien County Election Commission has approved two recall petitions related to Buchanan's elected officials. One petition is focused on recalling Mayor Shawden Dennison for a suspension of the former city manager, while the other is focused on recalling Commissioner Dan Vigansky for racially insensitive remarks. Petition organizers now have a 180-day window to turn in enough voter signatures to initiate a special election. At the hearing, Commissioner Vigansky denied that he's racist. I referred to the crowd as you people in conversation, never one-on-one. I mean, look at me. I've got a broken nose, but I didn't get that from getting smacked. I mean, this face is pretty because I do know how to talk to people. I mean, and I make a joke of it because this is how trivia some of these words are. Nobody's worried about actions anymore. They're worried about words. Asked about the recall petition for the mayor, Vagansky said it's not an effective way to govern. Election Commission members noted the estimated cost of a recall election in Buchanan could be $40,000. Petition supporter Monroe LeMay said after five years of wrong decisions from the city commission, it'll cost voters even more if they do nothing. The Benton Township Board of Trustees tomorrow will consider the site plan for the Chick-fil-A planned on Pipestone Road. The Benton Township Planning Commission approved the plan last week, and Supervisor Kathy Yates tells us it's now the full board's turn. With approval, the Chick-fil-A can move forward. I think it's a wonderful addition to our businesses we have. We've never had one in our area like this before. It's one that's well-liked around the community because I've been getting nothing but positive feedback since the information has hit the news. And I'm grateful to our citizens who's reaching out to me to let me know that they're real happy about that happening. The developers are planning to tear down the old Steak and Shake and build the Chick-fil-A on that site. They've also purchased property adjacent to the former Steak and Shake to accommodate cars. Yates says they know there will be a long line waiting outside on a pretty much perpetual basis. It will be because I look at Popeyes and at times they're still circling. Yates says the developers want double lanes. She says drivers won't pull up to a window to receive their orders, but the orders will instead be hand-delivered to them. The developers aim to begin construction in the spring to open the Chick-fil-A in next fall. Congressman Bill Heisinger is welcoming House passage of the National Defense Authorization Act last week. He tells us the annual bill is needed to strengthen military readiness. The $886 billion bill includes a 5% pay increase for troops and makes an investment in Michigan. There's over $24 million that's going to be coming into Battle Creek for military infrastructure. We think that's a very positive thing. There's a beefed up inspector general for Ukraine, the money that we have put in there already. I think that's an important part of the puzzle. If we were to do additional, and and I do believe we will end up doing some additional aid to Ukraine at some point here in the not-too-distant future. The bill also allows service personnel who are kicked out of the military for refusing to get the COVID vaccine to re-enlist if they wish and requires a report to Congress on military activities of Russia and China in the Arctic region. Heisinger says the legislation passed with broad bipartisan support showing the House can still do its job even in these divided times. The Berrien County Jail is getting a new piece of equipment intended to prevent deaths in the facility. Under Sheriff Chuck Height tells us they've purchased a full-body scanner, something that can detect if someone has swallowed an object or hidden an object on their person, no matter what it is. It will scan the entire body, including and show things that may be inside. So obviously we've had some instances where people have swallowed drugs. It'll do metallic and non-metallic, so it would pick up if there's a bag of drugs, but also a weapon as well. A Benton Harbor man who was an inmate at the jail died in March after swallowing a plastic baggie of meth. 
Height says the Sheriff's Department decided to get the new scanner to prevent such incidents. Before we've had scanners that just do the outside or may pick up metal type objects, but this is a whole body scanner that will show if there's things inside or hidden as well. Height says the equipment was already on the department's capital projects list, but the March death prompted quicker action on making the purchase. He tells us about 16 jails in the state of full body scanners. Its cost was $140,000 and is scheduled to be delivered on Tuesday. The Berrien County Health Department is planning a hearing and vision screening clinic for homeschooled students next month. Department Hearing and Vision Coordinator Melissa Jordan tells us they started holding these screenings during COVID when the number of students being homeschooled jumped. We just noticed that we we're missing a good opportunity to reach out to the homeschool slash virtual students that don't have the quote-unquote normal school schedule as a public school or a private school student does. Jordan says getting a student's eyes and ears screened can help identify problems that maybe weren't noticed before, leading to improved academic performance. She says many parents don't realize their child needs glasses until it affects it's affected the child's schoolwork. The screening clinic can accommodate special needs kids. We have these new great instrument that's called the spot digital screener. So if the child's nonverbal, we can take a picture of the eyes and we'll be able to determine if the child needs to be further evaluated from there. Jordan says the clinic will be free and it's walk-in, meaning anyone can just stop by without an appointment. It'll take place January 3rd from 8.30 a.m. to noon and then 1.30 to 4.30 at the Health Department's Benton Harbor office. And residents of Pawpaw Township and Antwerp Township are being invited to take part in a state program to monitor the exposure of residents to certain chemicals and metals. Michigan Department of Health and Human Services environmental epidemiologist Rachel Long tells us the Michigan Chemical Exposure Monitoring Project is being rolled out to random communities around the state. They're checking the blood and urine of residents for things like lead, mercury, and PFAS. So we want to see which groups of Michiganders are more affected than others, if there are any other predictors of chemical exposure that the state can then design programs and policies around to try to limit Michigan residents' exposure to them. The MyChem Project team will be in the Pawpaw Township area from February 14th to the 16th, and over the next few weeks, households in parts of Pawpaw Township and Antwerp Township will receive the project invitations. Anyone who wants to help with the study can follow the instructions in the invitation. People who are selected to participate will be given a survey and asked to provide blood and urine samples. They'll then receive their results along with the $65 gift card. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. A major storm has been affecting the Northeast and flooding it with downed power lines. More maybe she's Derek Dennis. It started late Sunday night. Heavy rain and high winds pounding parts of the Northeast. New Jersey saw roads flood fast, leaving this driver stuck. It's flooded over there. It's flooded over here. Like, there's nowhere to go right now at this point. I'm just trying to hurry up and get home. And at home, many had no power. Some 130,000 customers in the dark from New Jersey to Rhode Island. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul worried not only about the power, but also cars on flooded roads. And it causes you know, all kinds of damage, but also can result in the loss of life. Derek Dennis, ABC News, New York. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin discussed with his rally leaders ways to scale back major combat operations in Gaza, but said Washington was not imposing a timetable despite international calls for a ceasefire. Austin and other U.S. officials have repeatedly expressed concern about the large number of civilian deaths in Gaza, even while underscoring American support for Israel's campaign aimed at crushing Hamas. Neither side elaborated today on what needed to change on the ground for a shift to be to more precise operations after weeks of devastating bombardment and a ground offensive. 
Austin said, quote, this is Israel's operation. I'm not here to dictate timelines or terms. A bipartisan group of Senate lawmakers is scrambling to reach a deal today on the National Security Supplemental Funding Package, including key funding for Ukraine and Israel. ABC's Karen Travers has the latest from the Biden administration on how much the the U.S. can send to Ukraine unless Congress acts. The White House says it hopes to send one more aid package to Ukraine before the end of this year. But National Security Spokesman John Kirby told reporters Monday the U.S. has now used up the remaining funding available to replenish stockpiles it's tapping into to send equipment and supplies to Ukraine. That means the administration would not likely be able to deliver more security assistance to Ukraine unless Congress approves additional funding. The White House is involved in bipartisan partisan negotiations on Capitol Hill to get that funding, but talks have stalled due to differences over changes to border policy. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Time is slipping. White House and Senate negotiators are struggling to reach a border security deal to unlock President Biden's request for billions of dollars in military aid. Ahead of the holiday recess, it's becoming apparent any deal may have to wait for the new year. The talks come as Donald Trump, the Republican presidential frontrunner in 2024, delivered alarming anti-immigrant remarks about blood purity over the weekend, echoing the Nazi slogans of World War II. Speaking in the early voting state of New Hampshire, Trump drew on words from Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf as the former U.S. president berated Biden's team over record numbers of migrants. A bipartisan group of lawmakers is calling on the Justice Department to investigate Apple over potentially anti-competitive behavior. ABC's Mike Dubusky has more. Lawmakers have released a letter saying Apple's recent move to disable the messaging app Beeper Mini could have violated antitrust law, and they're asking the DOJ to investigate. Beeper Mini uses a reverse-engineered version of Apple's proprietary texting technology called iMessage, thus making Apple's blue texts available to Android smartphone users. Apple made changes to iMessage earlier this month, knocking Beeper Mini offline in the process. Apple says it was an effort to protect users' privacy. Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Pope Francis has formally approved allowing priests to bless same-sex couples. The Vatican issued a new document explaining a radical change in Vatican policy by insisting that people seeking God's love and mercy should not be subject to, quote, an exhaustive moral analysis to receive it. The document from the Vatican's Doctrine Office was released today. It elaborates on a letter Francis sent to two conservative cardinals and published in October. In that preliminary response, Francis suggested such blessings could be offered under some circumstances if they didn't confuse it with the ritual of marriage. The first woman to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court, the late Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, is lying in repose in Washington. Members of the public can pay their respects inside the Supreme Court building. More if maybe see Stephen Portnoy. The flag-draped casket holding the body of Sandra Day O'Connor was brought into the Great Hall of the Supreme Court building by members of the court's police force. Sonia Sotomayor, one of the four women now serving on the high court, eulogized the first female justice as her life role model. Sandra was a living example that women could take on any challenge, could more than hold their own in spaces dominated by men, and could do so with grace. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. Actor Jonathan Majors has been convicted of assaulting his former girlfriend during a confrontation in New York City this year. Manhattan jury convicted the Marvel star today of assault and and harassment. He was also acquitted of a different assault charge and of aggravated harassment. The charges stemmed from a chaotic struggle with Grace Jabari in the backseat of a car in March. She testified at the two-week trial that Majors hit her on the side of the head with his open hand, twisted her arm behind her back, and squeezed her finger until it broke. Majors' lawyer says she was the aggressor and he was just trying to get his phone back after she snatched it. And it's the time of year for office parties with your coworkers, or maybe not. 
ABC's Sherry Preston says there seems to have been a shift with booze-filled nighttime gatherings. Another casualty of the pandemic, the after-work cocktail-infused office holiday party. Several party planners tell the New York Times afternoon parties are what workers want these days. Part of the reason, a lot of people are working hybrid and they prefer being home with their families in the evenings. Another part, the booze is no longer a draw. According to a recent Gallup poll, 40% of younger Americans say they aren't regular drinkers, unlike many of their older peers.